Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hey everybody, Christopher here with another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. Today's guest is Todd Rapier. Uh, Todd is actually the very first person I've had on this podcast that I didn't actually know personally. Uh, he was uh, he came to us from a previous guest, Jeff, um, and Todd comes to us with tons and tons of theater experience, um, and he shares just a little bit of that experience with us. So here's Todd. <laughs> Hey Todd, how you doing today? I'm pretty good, Chris. How you doing? Good. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It's nice that uh, Jeff kind of hooked us up. I think. Oh yes, it's kind of gnarly. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about yourself, because I don't know you. You're the first person I've had on the show that I actually don't know. So uh, my name is Todd. Um, Todd Rapier. I started working at Chuckus Crossplane back in '94, and I was 17 years old. Okay. Uh, I worked with Jeff about a. Uh, Several months before he got transferred, ninety-five to Cinema North, and um, I worked with him back in ninety-nine at Crosspoint. Took over as house manager when uh, one of my other managers transferred to Springdale, okay. Jenny Brutal, um, and he went to State Mall in two thousand. Ninety-nine, two thousand. He came back in fall two thousand. Um, while my other manager Vance Boy went to Hebrew Heights, and so. It was a relief working with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made friends fun and just relaxing. <laughs> yeah, that's always nice when you can have, have fun at the job. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people got into this, right? Into movie theaters is because it's supposed yeah. to be a fun job, right? Oh, yeah. Mr. Mansco and my previous job uh, manager before, Jeff, making want to make people think that they were making $100,000 a year just and like they want us to be ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you started in 94, you were 17. Was it your first job? No, I worked at uh, Cinema Mill from 93, Cinema Mill Ace Hardware from 93 to 94, before okay. that McDonald's from uh, August 92 till November 92. Okay. So that was sophomore year in high school. Yeah, yeah. So what made you decide to apply at the theater? I just wanted something different. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The suits were interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of, the, one of my blazers back in 96 looked like, felt like I was um, Captain Kangaroo. That's a good look, man. That's a good look. <laughs> <laughs> so you, were you a manager when you first started or did you start? Uh, no, I was, I was not sure. Uh, okay. I learned uh, to try to pop popcorn, which was, uh, pop, popcorn was not so bad. Just cleaning, cleaning the machine upstairs. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty miserable. Clean. Pain a butt. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I first started, I worked for AMC, as you may have heard when I was talking to Jeff, and um, 
you know, we had these polyester uniforms. So it was like a, a black polyester vest and black polyester pants and a bow tie. And uh, I still remember cleaning poppers to this day. You know, I, for some reason, I always got stuck with that job when we were closing. And so we had one popper at this first theater I worked at. And it would take me forever, but I was very detail oriented. You know, I really wanted it to be perfect. And, uh, but man, I hated doing that. And I go home and we wore white button down shirts too, dress shirts. And the ring, like the cuffs of my shirt always was just ringed with yellow, you know, and I could never get that out. Yeah, when we had, we had popping shifts in the week, we were allowed to wear our regular clothes and bring a, a boom box to listen to while we're popping. <laughs> so you just pop popcorn, that's all you do? Um, yeah, it was like during the week, I mean, mm -hmm. the pop, poppers are slow. <laughs> yeah. It took you me forever. Upstairs, was, the, was there not a popper in the stand? No, not, not the time. That didn't happen until like 98, 99. That's interesting because the whole, you know, I always thought the whole, the whole thing about popping popcorn is like you want the smell, you know, and you want people to hear that, that popping. Well, that happened in 98. They um, built one in 90, 98 in, in our concession stand. <laughs> interesting. And this was what company again? Showcase? National Amusements. National, National Amusements. National Amusements. Okay. Yeah. I've never worked for them. I've never actually even been in one. Uh, those are primarily kind of out east, right? They're no longer, I think, um, around, I don't think so. <laughs> well, were. The, the, I'm saying they were back east, right? Back yeah, east. they were located. Yeah, New York. I uh, um, think a couple of locations were out in LA, like Bridge and okay. Philadelphia. Okay. Interesting. Did you like working for them? I like I'm, I'm, I like every getting paid every week. Uh, no holiday pay, unfortunately, during the holidays didn't work out too well. But I got used to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, so you started with National Amusements, and then uh, take me through. So you worked for Jeff for how long, or worked with Jeff for how long? I worked for Jeff. I was Jeff was there back in early, fall '94 when I got hired. Mm -hmm. He got transferred probably in April '95. I was out of town. Uh, to Cinema North, came a, he became a managing director um, uh -huh. there. Okay. Um, I didn't work with Jeff again until like 90, 99. Um, Star Wars. Twice. Yep. Yeah. And then, then he came back in fall 2000. <laughs> Dang. He's a, is he a good guy to work for? I mean, you're going to say oh, yeah. he's we're on air, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. He seems like a fun guy to work for, right? Yeah. He's intimidating at first, but he's like, he just lets, lets you be you as long yeah. as you do your work. I mean, <laughs> he never really gets on you about stuff. Yeah, I would imagine he he's a little intimidating at first because the guy's like seven foot two. But yeah. <laughs> well, my, my my first main director, J Josh Petrie, is like intimidating to me. But he's let me. He took me aside. Just he told me to relax, yeah. have fun. Yeah. But he know because I knew he knew I cared. He didn't want me to make too many mistakes, so just True. took me told me to have fun. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I think that just comes along with the title of being a general manager sometimes too. Because over the years, I mean, I don't I don't look in the mirror and, and look at myself and think I look like an intimidating dude. But I, I I've lost track of how many times I've had employees or hear through the grapevine that employees think I'm intimidating, and I just I really just think it's the title. Yeah, you know, so I try to I try to go out of my way, and I probably go too far in trying to make sure I don't, I'm not intimidating. You know, I try to be as friendly as humanly possible to take the edge off and make sure people know I'm approachable and, and stuff like. And that's how I see Jeff too. You know, sure, Jeff up front, just his size is sort of intimidating, but I think once you get to know the dude, 
Oh, oh, back before Crosspoint closed down in 2006, I would always insult his integrity, integrity just for the fun of it. I would call him Sasquatch. And <laughs> <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy, though, that lets that kind of shit roll off of him, though. Oh, oh yeah, I, I, would, I would insult him just for the fun of it. He's like the only manager I think I would do that to. I've done that to several managers, but like some one you want to mess with because they, they take an insult to it. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know... I, a good leader has the ability to identify, you know, what's someone when someone's being truly insulting and when someone's just trying to have fun and joke around. And, you know, I have that ability, at least, at least I think I do to find that line, you know, and I try not to let people cross that line, but because there is a line eventually. But I used to have this one manager who, you know, she and I got along great for a really long time, but she, she would have this tendency sometimes to like blow people's hair back with some of the crap that would come out of her mouth when she's talking to me. Um, and for the most part, I would be able to read, you know, read, okay, she's joking, we get along well and stuff like that. But man, other people would see it and they're like, how on earth do you let her talk to you like that? You know? So. Well, yeah, I, I would go, went back and check out back in the day when you were allowed to talk to managers back in, back when they were counting money, when they were, things were, down, were like slow. Mm -hmm. I would talk stories about some of the stuff I've done. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, I think in a, I think especially back then, things were a little looser, you know, there was rules and things of that nature, but I just think it wasn't as, it just wasn't as strict as I think it is now, you know, especially uh, from an HR perspective, because I think as time has gone on, there's been complaints and there's been lawsuits and, and things like that. And I'm not saying that everything that happened back in the, you know, in the 90s was cool, you know, and should have been happening, but I am saying like, uh, you could quite, you could kind of get away with things a little bit more back then than what you can do now because of some of the shit that went down back then. You know? Yep, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah, they were fun. I mean, I did uh, I did a podcast episode, you know, about my story, uh, like last week or the week before. And uh, my very first day of working in a movie theater, uh, I showed up and I got there a little early. And I went into the break room and I was down at the end of this hallway, going to this break room. It has a couch in it. And, and some lockers and kind of that was about it. And I remember just sitting there in uniform, ready to go, well before my shift started. And these two teenage girls walked in, maybe a year older than me. And they're coming, they're giggling and laughing and stuff like that. And I was just sitting there. They didn't even acknowledge my presence, but then they just get undressed and to change into their uniform. And I'm just sitting there, I'm this 15 year old kid. I was like, what the hell is going on right now? There's no way that kind of stuff can happen nowadays. I mean, if it is like, it's surprising, but anymore, I just think there'd be a complaint. It'd somehow get out and, you know, you'd have to put the squash on it, but I couldn't believe that was happening. <laughs> so what are some fun things that happen when you, you know, early, in your early years of working in movie theaters that you can kind of remember? Oh, let's see here. Well, we had the employee screenings, we had the holiday parties. I also, at the time, after two years of working at Nash Amusements, worked a second job to pay okay. the, for the, because I needed health benefits because I didn't want to become a manager okay. quite yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't quite ready. And, and I, I, watching how managers go through, I'm like, I need an, I wouldn't want to get an ulcer from doing that. <laughs> it can be stressful for sure. Yeah. So you guys got to do employees. Like the company I work for now, only one person can screen a movie. But back then, you know, I think it was a little, like I said, like with everything, it was a little looser, right? Anybody could yeah. go, any employee could go watch a movie, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I even remember too, uh, this one company I used to work for, we could smoke in the auditoriums while we watched a movie. Yeah, we used to do that until like um, Dan Scoy back in 96 put 
all no smoking signs around the building. Yeah. Didn't smoke. We couldn't smoke inside a break room. We had to go outside. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, it was crazy. You could smoke anywhere. Managers when, would smoke in the office. When Jeff was a house manager back in 99, he and I was screening, screening the mummy. He's like, here's an ashtray. Don't say anything that we, you know, smoke. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was like, you know, we would get in trouble from the managers if we didn't clean up our cigarette butts in the auditorium. You know, now, dude, if you smoke in an auditorium nowadays, you're going to get fired. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, so did you ever, did you become a manager eventually? Oh, no, I became a staff supervisor back in 98. Okay. Back on, uh, spring 98. Four, after four years of being there, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, it was a... Uh, Interesting, stressful. I mean, I, at times in public, in public, I didn't didn't respect an employees. I asked them, "Hey, do you do this for me, please?" I asked them five times. I like being the I like being the bad guy. Sure. So, yeah, that's the tough part. You know, you gotta you gotta have that managerial courage. You know, and and be okay with people thinking you're an asshole from time to time. You know, and that's I and, think that's the tough part. Yeah, and the tough part is setting a good example. Whereas certain managers I worked with over the years didn't set good examples themselves. We watched them. Yeah. And then they're listening to us about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a general manager, that's really tough uh, from my perspective when, you know, you have an expectation of your, your assistant managers to be, like you said, setting the example. It's like, okay, well, go, you can't go telling an employee to put their phone away if you're going to have your phone out all the time. You can't, you can't expect employees to be on time if you can't be on time yourself. That used to just drive me up the wall. So it's like, how do you expect them to listen to you if you're... If I can't... I mean, first time I was late, I... Uh, <laughs> This is like back in 96 when Independence Day um, came out. It was like 4th right. July weekend. I live like, I look at time just down the road. <laughs> and I supposed to be there at 8 o'clock at night, overslept by an hour and a half. Nobody even noticed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that was a crazy busy movie. I still remember that weekend. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't, get, I didn't get yelled at. And everybody was like, Todd, Todd, first time you're late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so if, I think being, you know, I remember when I first became a supervisor, it's, it was quite a transition from being an employee into being a supervisor, you know, because, you know, for, for the most part, you're probably friends with a lot of the people on staff yeah. already. And now you're, you're put into this position of authority. And so you're friends with them, but you still got to tell them what to do. And, uh, and that's a tough, that's a tough balancing act, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, same thing as a general manager too. Like I got promoted from being an assistant manager into being a general manager within the building, uh, the same building that I had uh, started at. And uh, it's a tough, that's a tough act to follow as well, just cause you're trying to, again, you're just trying to keep these people's respect and make them make sure they, they don't think that you're on some sort of power trip. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was trying to tell them, just do your job, make, make me look good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea, right? Sometimes they, they the didn't. And Sometimes I didn't, and I had to sometimes write them up for it, but I hated doing that. I mean. Yeah. Well, what do you think is one of the, the more challenging things you had to deal with when you were a supervisor? Like, is there any kind of, like, situation that stands out to you that you're like, oh, good God, I wish that hadn't happened? Uh, just trying, like, of a customer yelling at a manager's watching to see how I could handle the situation, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you have a lot of uh, particularly difficult guests or customers when you were – Oh yeah, I remember right back in '95. Um, it was like probably on the holidays. Uh, they raised the prices. Can't remember how much how much how much prices were back then. But uh, two of my managers were getting yelled at, <laughs> and one of my main um, guy managers, Tom Maxwell, at the time, want so much wanted duck duck duck. 
deck the uh, patron. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in that situation before. I think sure. it was raised to five. Back then, it was raised to from four dollars to four seventy five, uh, and they're complaining about that. Customers were. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Like, I mean, I, you know, I've been all over the country, and it's amazing how uh, the slightest price change can really. Uh, can really set people off. Cause it's like, look, you know, I mean, it's still relatively cheap, you know, compared to a lot of other entertainment situations. So, you know, or like, you know, get people who get mad when there's a 25 cent price change. And it's like, you're going to concessions I can understand, but like movies, I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, concessions is primarily where we're making most of our money. Um, and I think, you know, movies, movies have been around, movie theaters have been around for 100 years, and you'd think no one had ever been to see a movie before, because every single time, they always complain about how high the prices are, and it's like, it's always been like this. Nothing's changed. I mean, they keep going up, but that's just relative to inflation, right? Yeah. I tell them, blame, blame the Hollywood actors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they are making millions, but we're just trying to do what we can on our end, on our side, to, to make our money. So now, are you are you still working in theaters, or have you have you been? Uh, yeah, I, I work for Santa Mark. I work for Jeff. I I went, transferred to from Cross Cross Point '06 because they were closing down because the green was opening up. Mm -hmm. I transferred to um, Dayton South 2006. Just became a regular. I was a regular employee, just out sharing the weekends, and I work a full time job in the week, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good job to have on the side. I think you know keeps you busy yeah. and good, good income, and it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were, um, so you were currently still up until just recently with everything that's going on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you're doing okay with the the state of the world right now. It's a tough situation for everybody, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm looking at my theater job back. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the plan for, for all the theater companies. As soon as we're ready to ramp back up, you know, I think the plan is, uh, regardless of who any, any, you know, whatever theater company it is, the plan is to, to, to do that. So um, I think it's just, it's a tough situation all the way around for everybody, for the employees, for managers, for the company itself. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and unknowns out there, but we just got to remain optimistic that that the situation is going to get better. And that's really why I was, I uh, was doing this podcast. You know, originally I started the podcast to, as a way to you know, just kind of commiserate with other people about the difficult customers that we all have to deal with, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, when all, when the COVID-19 stuff started up, it just seemed like it might be a good idea to get to know people like you who, who've been working in movie theaters for, you know, almost 30 years and uh, 25 years or so, and, and get to know why you, why you got into it, why you stuck around so long. Everybody who runs into me says, you're not owner of the company yet? I'm like, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I did was, I wouldn't be working two jobs. <laughs> right, yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, it's a fun job to stick around with for so long. I mean, I've, it's, it's funny how many times I thought, okay, I want to leave this, this job and get away from movie theaters. And then it just sort of sucks you back in. Right. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Now I heard a rumor and you can tell me if this is wrong or not. And, and I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I heard, did I hear that you can, you can sing any eighties theme, eighties TV show theme song. Is that right? Yeah. Hold on. I'm, 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 I'
They still got you? I'm trying to get your um, the video on. <laughs> Uh-oh. I did, I did something wrong, so, so That's hold all right. on. That's all right. We'll wait for it. Okay, here we go. Sorry about that. That's okay. That's all right. We didn't go anywhere. All right, so is that true? You could do any 80s television theme song, right? Oh, yeah, except F Troop. Okay, I don't even know that. I'd heard of the show. I've never seen it. So I actually, out of, a, out of just sheer nostalgia, when we all got quarantined, I decided to start back up with The Greatest American Hero. Okay. So are you, you're familiar with that show? Oh, yeah. All right, can you give me like the first, first little bit of that one? Dun, 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 dun. Look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm on top of the world. Should have been somebody else. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Never thought I could feel so free. Flying away on a wing and a prayer. Who could it be doing? Believe it or not, it's just me. Nice, very nice job. So, do you uh, when you're when you're at the theater, do you entertain uh, the customers with with that ability? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no! Oh man, I think yeah. that'd be a great. I used, to, I used to do concession stand back in Cross Point back in the day. I was selling a. I, I would hum a. Uh, Star Wars or, um, or Superman, I would, of course, I would get too confused. Uh, yeah, uh, I used to do the same thing. Yeah, when I was a little kid, <laughs> I used to do that all the time. They are pretty, would, fairly similar. I would su su suggest a candy item along with what they were getting. So <laughs> Nice, nice. So did you, uh, as you were working, did you develop relationships with like a lot of regulars and things of that nature? Did you get to know oh, yeah. people pretty well? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I still see some of them to this day. That's good. One of my old managers, uh, Mike Demon back, he was a booth manager at Crosspoint. He likes wrestling, just like me, like mm -hmm. big time wrestling. So he and I would wrestle up in the booth just for the fun of it. Nice. The manager at the time, he's like, okay guys, don't break anything, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I, I remember when I was a projectionist, um, especially for this one company I worked for, a smaller company, Dickinson, uh, we worked at this little 12 screen, but they always had two projectionists all the time. Uh, which was a little bit overkill, but whatever. And so there wasn't a lot to do all the time. So, you know, it was only 12 theaters. And, uh, and so we would play games all the time. So we would play, uh, a lot of times we played Gen Rummy. So my good friend Ted and I, we played a lot of Gen Rummy. And it got to the point where it was so bad um, because we would start movies late and stuff like that because we'd get caught up in a game that the manager eventually took away our cards, wouldn't allow us to play cards anymore. So then we would play Yahtzee. He wouldn't let us play yachts anymore. It got so bad that we finally uh, resorted to playing hangman um, because he couldn't <laughs> take away pencils. He couldn't take away paper. And so we played a lot of hangman. I don't think we ever wrestled. Um, we would throw a football around a little bit, but you had to be careful. Obviously, the ball wouldn't land in the middle of a platter. So did you, did you ever work in the projection booth? Oh, no, I, I never did. No? I would help, uh, move, uh, help move prints with the, for the booth manager. Mm-hmm. That's stressful. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, when I was super, supervisor, they almost were going to let me work in the booth. But I was like, that looks, the owning a print looks too much difficult for me, so I'll just let you guys do that. 
Yeah, man, it could be a little stressful because, you know, a lot going on and you got to make sure you pay attention to what you're doing. And if you screw it up, there's hell to pay, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, good, yeah. So you primarily worked concession and usher, right? Yeah, I occasionally do box. Okay, which do you like uh, the most out of all that? Um, probably usher. Yeah. You can uh, keep out of trouble. <laughs> yeah, how's that? Well, just like, I mean, you, you don't get up as much like you do if you're like in concession, if you're yeah. off. Oh, off. sure. Yeah, yeah. With cash handling and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I always found concession, and I've said this many times, I always found concession to be kind of stressful for me because I don't like being um, kind of feeling boxed in, you know, with a long line of customers basically getting pissed at you. That just used to stress me out all the time. But I really liked ushering because you could move around the entire building. I just didn't really mind just never bothered me to pick up trash and sweep and stuff. And you could still interact with customers, which is what I do like about it. It's just not one customer after another, after another, after another, after another, you know, you get to engage when you want to engage unless you're tearing tickets, you know? So would you, did you prefer cleaning or podium? Podium. I yeah. could, I, I could tell, tell a patron. They look like somebody famous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is one guy came in. You looked almost like Bill Clinton. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Did, ever meet any famous people when you're working on the job? Um, I was ushering at the time, but 90, Christmas 94, supposedly Martin Sheen or Charlie Sheen came in. Oh. Um, I didn't see him, so somebody said they saw him. I've seen a fair amount uh, come through the, the different theaters I've worked at. Out here in Colorado, I worked at a theater in the Denver area, and Prince came to the theater. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but it you know caused a big... Uh, you know, ruckus with him coming in. Um, I, theater I worked at in California, Metallica used to come in every once in a while. Um, uh, worked at theater in El Paso when Ben Affleck came in to see a movie. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then in my theater, uh, another theater here in Colorado, um, there's been a, a handful of different famous people who've come in. And then one in Boulder where a guy from Harry Potter uh, came in. I got to hang out with him in my office because we were doing this event. Um, called There With Care as a, a charity event. And so the guy that plays Seamus, I can't remember the kid's name, he came in and we got to hang out. I hung out with him and his mom and his aunt and uh, basically just shot the shit with them all day in between different stuff that was going on. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, before I came in uh, October 94, I guess, I guess several celebrities that came in, um, I heard employees mention um, Cloris Leachman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I know who that is. Of course, of course, I heard she was a real bitch. She wanted to get in free as a, spe a spe special guest. The manager mm -hmm. said no, got paid, got, got paid like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So I see the hat that you're wearing. Are you, are you a uh, sports fan? Are you a football fan? Uh, yeah, Bengals, Bengals, and, and um, Jeff's of course a Browns fan. So he and I. <laughs> <laughs> For those who can't see, obviously, I'm, I'm wearing a Chiefs sweatshirt because I'm a I'm a big Chiefs fan. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations on you guys' first Super Bowl. Or <laughs> yeah, well, I've been waiting my entire life for that. But uh, I was I bring it up because um, a theater that theater that I was a projectionist at for a long time. Uh, I used to be concessionist as well, and Joe Montana used to come in all the time, and he was really nice. I never really had a problem with him. His wife, at least to my recollection, I think I was only seventeen or eight, no, I was probably eighteen or nineteen at the time. I just remember his wife not being very nice and she sort of had this really entitled sense, like super sense of entitlement whenever she came in and kind of expected things for free or expected special treatment when they came in. 
And I always thought that was really annoying because it's like, look, you're the one that's rich and famous. So if anybody has the resources to be able to pay for everything, it would be you, right? <laughs> I just never yeah. understood that. Like, well, I don't know why the, why do the rich people get, get free ticket? And I had this manager who would always let them in for free. It's like, bro, they've got the money, you know? Yeah, one of my managers, a uh, old manager, when she was working in Dayton Mall years ago, Kenny Rogers came in and she said he was like the rudest um, person she had to deal with. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, he just passed away recently, I think. Yep. Yeah, some people like to say Kenny Chesney, but it was actually Kenny Rogers. That's a dig at one of my friends that was on my podcast recently. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I always thought that was pretty cool because there were, there's been a handful of times when, you know, I got to meet famous people coming in, whether they're actors or athletes or, or whatever. And then, you know, when we go on our conventions, uh, at least with the company I'm with now, uh, most of the time they're in Vegas and, uh, you know, whether it's during CinemaCon or something else like that. And so we've gotten to meet uh, different famous people because of that. So like Ron Howard, I've met and Will Smith and John Cena, you know, people like that. So that's always a trip. Kevin Hart. Um, and so it's pretty cool, you know, it's pretty cool to meet them. I'd love to be able to actually have a, you know, more than five seconds with somebody to actually get to know them a little bit, but, and I get starstruck easily. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know what it is. A lot of people get, you know, they take pride in the fact they don't get starstruck when they see somebody famous. And I'm, I'm like a little girl seeing Justin Bieber sometimes, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what my problem is, but I don't know. I just think it's cool. Like, I, have you ever heard the phrase, uh, people like to see, um, what is it? How does that phrase go? Ordinary people do extraordinary things and they like to see extraordinary people do ordinary things. You know what I mean? And so oh, yeah. I think that's why it trips me out all the time when I see somebody famous. So, so are you looking forward to getting back to work when all this is done? I got a full-time job right now. I've been in that for several years, but that's good. Part-time, but I, um, I'm kind of still looking for part-time until theaters open up. Mm-hmm. Can't sit around waiting for unemployment to come in because who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Join the seven million other people that are waiting on it, you know. <laughs> um, so, what do you look forward to the most about being able to go back to work at the theater? Like, what do you miss the most right now? I miss the uh, some employees, a couple of managers. I mean, mm-hmm. just joking around with managers. <laughs> uh, we, me and managers, always insult each other in a joking way half yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's the fun part, right? It's always the people, you know. I think that's the that's the pattern I've seen in talking with everybody about this kind of stuff is is it always comes down to the people, right? That's what makes this job great, you know. I think it's just so sad that we can't see all of our friends, you know. Yeah, I told my I told a few of them, a few of my friends, I'm gonna hug, I'm gonna hug my enemy as soon as all this is over. With. <laughs> yeah, well, it really does put things in perspective, right? You know, yeah. you, the people you think you don't really like. And then as soon as they're not around in your life anymore to be able to give them some shit, suddenly it's like, ah, they're probably not that bad after all, you know? So, and, and I thought a lot about that too. You know, there's been people, you know, that I've worked, I've worked a lot of different theaters and, uh, and I look back on it now and it's like, Jesus, man, what I wouldn't give to just be, to be able to work a shift with somebody I didn't think I really liked working shifts with before, you know, just to have that contact, just be able to, Maybe complain a little bit, like you know, I'm I'm big into positivity, but sometimes I don't know, venting about shit. Sometimes it just gets it out of your system a little bit, and it's nice to be able to do that with some people. But yeah, it's definitely something I miss for sure. So, well, uh, Todd, I think this was a lot of fun. Um, I think uh, I think you did a great job coming on here and sharing some of the the things that you love about working in a theater and 
and maybe oh, yeah. we'll be able to maybe we'll be able to do this again sometime. All right. Okay. So hopefully all of us will be back to work here soon. <laughs> yeah, and may and that'll you know that'll be great. And if we are, then we'll I'll have you back on, and we can talk about all the fun stuff that we're we're able to do. And in the meantime, I think we're gonna wrap this up. All right. Hey, enjoyed right. talking to you. Likewise, man. Thanks for coming on. You take care. Bye. That's the podcast, folks. If you're a fan of Karen Isn't Always Right, you can show your support in two ways. First, please share with your friends and get them listening. Also, please feel free to donate by going to anchor.fm forward slash chris-fry, that's F-R-E-Y, forward slash support. Please visit kairpodcast.com, K-I-A-R podcast.com, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are posted weekly on kairpodcast.com, anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple, and pretty much wherever you can listen to a podcast. The views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guest and the host and are not representative of any organizations or individuals. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.